Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 575 of Locked On Canadians. This is a live trade deadline reaction. 577! <laughs> it has oh been a very God. long day for both of us, hasn't it? Neither of us has had any sleep, and it's been a long day. All right, we're in episode 577. I looked it up before, and then I went live, and now it's a mess. Um, uh, and we're doing a live uh, post-game, post-trade deadline reaction. And all of that is coming up in just literally one moment. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Canadians uh, post a trade deadline live show. I've already mixed up the, the, the episode number. I've also mixed up the title. This is our first ever live show, so it is. I am getting a little bit uh, mixed up with what to do, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the active stick, also known as the person who is screwing up the live feed just exactly as I said on Twitter I was going to. Uh, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Scott Matlin. We've got so much to talk about. Scott, are you in your feelings right now? It has been a very emotional day. Uh, like the Canadians have been trading people for a month now. You know, Tyler Toffoli went out and got traded to Calgary. Uh, ben Chirot was traded late last week. And then nothing really happened until everything happened for the Canadians. Like Arturi Lekkinen was rumored to be in trades like last week, if you believe Darren Dreger. And then today it was... Nothing happened. And then at one o'clock, it was Kulak, and then it was Lekinet, and then it was Andrew Hammond, and it was just all these things at once. And I went, I haven't recovered from one thing, and now you want me to handle another thing, and that's just not something I am emotionally equipped to do because I am currently working right now and not able to, uh, <laughs> yeah, handle that. So it was a strange day to say the least. It was, and it was it was particularly strange because you had heard Kent Hughes before the deadline say that they would have liked to keep Kulak. They really valued Arturi Lekkinen, but the whole time he was saying that he would trade them for a good price. I think that was more a message to the other general managers than it was to us. Uh, but I don't think that if they'd gotten, if they hadn't gotten the packages that they really wanted to receive, that they would have made these trades. Personally, for me, I think they would have liked have liked to keep both of them. But other general managers were pretty smart. I think, you know, for me, the Oilers trading for Brett Kulak, that was incredibly, incredibly smart on the Oilers' part. And after a bunch of moves that made me question what they're doing and what they're thinking. This, to me, was a big win for the Oilers. Uh, and at the same time, I think we'll move Andrew Hammond and Brett Kulak to later in the episode uh, because we really want to talk about Arturi Lekin. And I think for me, the biggest thing is not just the package, because there's a lot of question marks about this package. It is also... Um, how are they going to replace Arturi Lekkinen? So first, let's talk about the return. Depending on who you ask, 
Justin Barron is the top defensive prospect that the Avs have, or he's like, he should be like 11th on their depth depth chart. So personally for me, I'm not entirely sure what to make of this because you're looking at a guy who's called a shutdown defenseman. And when you say, hear the words shutdown defenseman, you're like, oh, they just traded one. They don't need those. This is a new kind of Canadians. But then all of the positive things about him have to do with his skating and his instinct. So people like his speed, people like the fact that he will try, like there's a lot of words about him working really hard and all of that. And sometimes when I hear working hard to me, I question the skill. So I don't know what your thoughts are because I really, you know, the Avs clearly thought highly of this guy and the Canadians clearly thought highly of this guy. And it's like, it wasn't, you know, a depth forward for a depth forward. It was literally a a versatile forward that's going to help the Avs in their playoff run for a guy who right now is either amazing or mediocre, depending on who you ask. Well, I look at Justin Barron and I go, I, at first I wasn't overwhelmed. And then I realized I was confusing him with his brother who was traded from the Rangers to the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> and I, I quote tweeted, and it's in an article I wrote for Eyes on the Prize that's going out tomorrow. Uh, Justin Barron's uh, game score and these other things uh, in the AHL, and this is on Jacob Stoller uh, at J-L-S-T-O-L-L-E-R on Twitter. All of his numbers look really good. He doesn't block a ton of shots. He doesn't hit a ton. And he doesn't draw a ton of penalties, but he plays with mobility and he plays with a puck and carries it out and creates chances, which is what you want in a modern NHL defenseman. I look at the way the Rocket play. You don't want... I don't want to say you don't want a physical defenseman because physicality is still a valuable asset. But at the same time, if you're not holding onto the puck or doing anything with it, you're, you're hurting your team. And he's got a good goals percentage. His Corsi percentage expected goals look good. His goals for percentage look good. He doesn't take a ton of penalties. He takes a good amount of shots on goal. He creates chances. There's a lot of things out of this that I like. And then they also got a second round pick out of it. They're continuing to stockpile all these other things and everything else. So I, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, now that I look back at, it, I'm a big fan of uh, what Justin Barron's going to bring. He's with the Rocket currently. Uh, he was called up to the NHL by Colorado because they have to, to trade him, and he was assigned to the Rocket by the Canadians. Um, if Alexander Romanov taking that shot off his foot was as bad as it looked, we might see Justin Barron sooner rather than later, but. For right now, he is an absolute godsend for a Rocket team that is missing seven of their regular defensemen over the last two seasons. They are down to uh, the bare minimum. They have two, actually four PTOs potentially playing on defense on Wednesday night. That's that's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of question marks right now, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit more of our post trade deadline reaction. Uh, we're going to talk about what this means for the future. We've got two two more segments coming up, and we are going to talk about that game against the Bruins. We're going to talk about it at the end. If you if this is the first time you join us, usually we'll talk about the game recap off the top, but this time because of trade deadline, so many things happen, and there's so much stuff to talk about. We're relegating Jake Allen's awesomeness until the very end of the episode. In just one moment, we are 
going to talk a little bit more about what this means for the Canadians' defense, what the Brett Kulak trade means, what uh, Kent Hughes' comments were after the the trade deadline was over, and that's coming up in literally just one second. But first, it is that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Scott, we were talking a little bit about all of the uh, holes in this lineup and the Canadians looking pretty thin. And obviously that was pretty evident in the game tonight. But I think for me, the big picture is what happens next. When they traded Brett Kulak, my big question was, what does the future of the Canadians defense looks like? And I'm kind of looking (laughs) to, I know, it doesn't look like anything right now. It looks like a black hole right now. It's a big giant question mark, like, you know, um, in in, in, in like those Mario thingies, like you don't know what you're going to get. But but, so for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, they traded Brett Kulak. They're talking about trading Jeff Petrie if there's a fit. And if I can understand the way that Kent Hughes works, he is trying. And he had said all along it might be difficult at the trade deadline. And this is the kind of deal that goes better in the offseason because a lot of people will come off of all of these other teams' caps and then they'll find a fit for the Canadians and a fit for Jeff Petrie. It's possible that he ends up staying in Montreal, but that's only if they don't find the deal that works for both of them. So personally for me, I'm looking at this and it feels like a chance to start over, right? They even said that they came close to trading Shea Weber's contract today. They didn't end up doing that, but that's LTIR for for a long time that a team might be able to use. So I don't think that it's the last that we've heard of this, right? And then you've got no more Brett Kulak. Possibly he might come back in the offseason, but we don't know that. They're talking about signing Jordan Harris any minute now. It's It seems like it's almost a done deal. It can't officially be a done deal, but it's it's almost there. Um, and, uh, and Jeff Petrie might be gone. So we've got Alexander Romanov. We've got Joel Edmondson, unless he's also traded. We've got David Savard, unless he's also traded. But that seems kind of like an untradeable contract. What is this team's defense going to look like in the future? I have no idea. Well, that's the thing is I'm glad you mentioned Jordan Harris because that was one that was a, a bit of news that I think slid in under the radar given everything else today is that as soon as Northeastern is eliminated, he's they're more than likely going to have that deal signed. So um that's potentially by the end of this week that Jordan Harris could be in the Canadians lineup and I wouldn't anticipate him playing right after Northeastern is eliminated but um it's very likely that he's going to be back soon and then Brett Kulak and before we get to him leaving which stinks because it does leave a sizable gap on defense for a regular everyday defenseman the return they got for him is exactly what Kent Hughes wanted every single thing that Kent Hughes asked for he got he got a first He got a third or a fourth or whatever it was, and he got a prospect for Brett Kulak. He got a second-round pick, and he got a good prospect for Arturi Lekkanen. He got a second-round pick at current NHL defenseman and a seventh for Brett Kulak. He got a good haul for Tyler Toffoli. He got everything he wanted, and I keep forgetting this, that uh, for Brett Kulak, William Lagason came over in the trade, who is not – He's not a standout NHL defenseman. I think he's going to be guy in this lineup. He was traded to make 
uh, the money work because the Oilers are capped out and could not do anything else. But I think he's going to be fine as a third pairing defenseman. And that's, that's okay. It doesn't have to be anything fancy right now. Um, I, I am going to miss Kulak though. His, his presence tonight is very clearly missed. Uh, all due respect to David Savard. Uh, the guy skates like he has cement in his skates right now. Um, and I know he's been out for a while and that's understandable. He had a really nice goal, but man, uh, it's going to be a weird thing because he sounded very happy to go back to Alberta. He's from Alberta. He's from Stony Plains. Um, and he called his dad who was out on a tractor apparently. So um, I'm happy for Brett Kulak. He's going to get a chance to shine in Edmonton and hopefully they don't crush his soul too badly because I'm going to miss him. Uh, <laughs> but the Canadians defense is going to look very different by the time free agency in the draft rolls around. I don't anticipate uh players like Jeff Petrie being here at the start of next season if every unless Kent Hughes has some kind of pitch to him that you know changes the mind of what's going on there I don't see Jeff Petrie being here next year and that hurts me personally I love Jeff Petrie but it's gonna be Joel Edmondson's defense as it sounds next year he's the only person whose name I haven't heard as like moving out or doing anything like that it really does seem like this is his defense to lead next year. And there are worse options based on the way he's been in Montreal so far. I would agree with that. I, I just want to note something on Brett Kulak was I, I, I obviously I, I tweeted this. I was like, I don't understand the Oilers doing something smart. We said it off the top of this episode. The Oilers did something smart, right? Like they got a guy who's really good at the things that the Oilers are lacking and they paid a decent price for him for sure, but they didn't overpay for somebody who's washed up or useless or is going to be an albatross contract. They literally traded for it like, like good numbers, good, uh, like good, good play, good play on it. You know what I mean? And so I said that and like at least three Oilers fans possibly more immediately replied with, wait, they're just going to healthy scratch him in the playoffs and lose. <laughs> Don't promise me a good time if you're not going <laughs> to give that to me right now. One, Brett Kulak deserves better than that because he's arguably probably one of their three best defensemen right, right now. At when this you moment. look at their defensemen, they are awful. Like that depth is terrible. Hold on. I have to look at the Oilers. I'm doing this on the show, and I'm sorry this is live right now, but I have to look at their roster right now because I don't – let me you look at their you defense. You don't believe me, do you? I don't, don't, don't feel bad because I figured out how to change the title that was incorrect and the description that was incorrect on the fly while you were talking earlier. Like, this live show is really – it's making me really nervous. Oh, but... my God. He legitimately might actually be <laughs> – I will give them Darnell Nurse being their best defenseman, good, and then maybe Evan good, Bouchard. You don't argue that that Darnell Nurse is a good defenseman. Absolutely, he is. Co Brett Kulak legitimately has a case for potentially being their second best defenseman, depending on how good Evan Bouchard is. <laughs> That's how bad the Oilers are. Like he's already a top three D on the Canadians, yeah, but he's going to the Oilers, who are supposed to be a cup contending team with Connor Friggin McDavid and Leon Drysital. And the, I, I can't – if Dave Tippett were still there, I can guarantee you he would play less than Duncan Keith, and I would watch Oilers fans' heads explode on a regular basis. <laughs> My head is exploding looking at this right now, and I feel insulted that this team is wasting Connor McDavid's life right now. I oh, – yeah. Um, it's so Randy bad. Mason, our, our, one of our, 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 um, our 
regular listeners, I forgot how to say regular, I was about to say common. One of our regular listeners agrees with you that Brett Kulak is possibly like the third best. And then we have listener Elizabeth who said they traded Lekkonen on her birthday, which should be illegal. Uh, I, I really am going to miss uh, Lekkonen. And uh, what we are going to do now is actually, let's just really quickly talk about Andrew Hammond uh, before we move on to our final segment where we kind of recap everything that the Canadians have done over the trade deadline and uh, and then talk about the game briefly. So uh, Andrew Hammond, he was here for a very brief time. He shone a very, very bright light. <laughs> he was a great uh, he was a great addition to the team. He kind of helped, as Kent Hughes said, he helped us right the ship when we needed it. Um, and then I think it was a really nice thing for the Canadians to do. They knew they have a logjam and goal, and they're like, we, we, you know, this guy's trying to get his career back on track. It's taken him a long time to get back to the NHL. So they traded him to New Jersey where he had a chance to play in the NHL. And I thought that was phenomenal because either way, they had too many goaltenders. So they might as well do something nice for the guy. And I look at it this way is that Andrew Hammond came in, went undefeated, beat the Senators, which was hilarious, and then immediately got traded for something the Canadians needed. And that was help for the AHL club right now because the Rocket are real stripped down. Their ECHL team, which was in a playoff spot and has fallen out of that, has been stripped down. Kent Hughes is paying attention because he knows you build from the base up and not necessarily the ECHL all the way around but you build good habits and winning culture at your AHL level when it moves up. Nate Schnarr is a second-line center for the Utica Comets this year. He's playing behind uh, guys like Alexander Holtz and others in front of him, and he's been a little under a point a game, but he's a good two-way defensive pivot, and it allows Jean-Francois Houle to have some lineup flexibility. Yes, Cedric Paquette's there. Brandon Giniak just got back, and I realize I'm spoiling the entire article I'm writing for Eyes on the Prize, but it's usefulness that it gives who options and guys can rest if they're dinged up and not playing through things right now. And for Andrew Hammond, I am got one Godspeed um, RIP and peace. He's not dead. He just has to go play in New Jersey where apparently goaltenders just go to die this year, regardless of who you are, you go there and they suck out your ability to stop pucks like the Monstars. So <laughs> um <laughs> I the the like month and a half that Andrew Hammond here was here was absolutely a riot because like I said he played three games won three games was undefeated played well and for a guy who whose career might have been over not that long ago how do you not feel good about that and Kent Hughes did right by somebody and he's like hey he deserves an NHL shot to play still he's not going to get it here with Jake Allen healthy Samuel Montembeau and Carey Price trying to get healthy so. All due respect, I love it. It's a great move by Kent Hughes. And if Nate Schnarr doesn't work out, who cares? Andrew Hammond got traded for an AHL fourth liner, and who cares? It, it's If it doesn't <laughs> work out, it is not the end of the world in the slightest. Correct. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the trade deadline. We're going to do like kind of an overall recap. And then we're going to talk about the game really briefly in just one moment. But first, I want to tell everybody about rockauto.com. This happened to me just before Christmas. You know, when you get lots of expenses and you've got lots going on, I had trouble with my car. My check engine light went on and you know, you can't leave that unattended. Turns out there was an oxygen sensor that's part of the engine that, uh, that I needed to replace. And so I went to get a quote for the part and then I looked on rockauto.com and the price on rockauto.com was literally a quarter of the price that I was quoted by my mechanic. So when you go to rockauto.com, you will find anything you need for your car, no matter what 
the make and model and year is for that car, whether it's a classic, whether it's a brand new car, there's an easy to use drop down catalog and the range of products that are available on there is massive. Whatever you need, whether it's parts or accessories for your car, the best part is all of it gets delivered directly to your door. The prices are all reliably low. Go to rockauto.com. Don't even bother looking at chain stores. Don't even bother going places. Go to rockauto.com, find the part super easily and pay the lowest possible price. And don't forget to tell them Lockdown sent you in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Scott. Let's do a quick recap of all the things the Canadians traded and all of the things that they got in return. Do you have the list or are I'm going to I'm going to do this from memory. I'm going to okay. do this from memory and when <laughs> I am wrong, uh, I see Lockdown Sharks and Kyle are in the comments they will let me know if I am wrong. Hi Lockdown Sharks. So, what we're going to do here, we're going to start with the first one and I believe that would be the Tyler Toffoli trade. So Tyler Toffoli was traded for a conditional first 2022 first round pick. Emil Heineman and I believe it was a fifth round pick in 2023. Ben Chirot was traded for a 2023 first round pick. A, I want to say it was a fourth and Tyler Smolanek. And then uh, Brett Kulak was traded for William Lagason, a conditional second round pick and a seventh. Arthur Lekkinen was traded for a 2024 second round pick and Justin Barron. And Andrew Hammond was traded for Nate Schnarr. And I believe that is everything. Oh, yeah. No, that's everything. I don't think there was anything else. I, if I missed any. Oh, Pitlick doesn't. Oh, yeah. Tyler Pitlick was in the Calgary Flames trade. Thank you, Rock Smasha. I uh, I forgot that Tyler Pitlick existed, which is my fault. because <laughs> It's my fault, too, because I was like, they got three things. And in turn, they, they actually got four things. I forgot because I, I have not seen proof of life. So I don't know that he's actually a real person. So, um <laughs> I am uh, across the board. Uh, I just counted up the draft picks in this year's draft, the 2022 draft. The Canadians have 14 draft picks. That's amazing. Which is great. And they have two first round picks this year and next year. Uh, really, really good trade deadline from Ken Hughes. Uh, from a personal standpoint, losing Arturi Lekkinen sucks. He scored the goal that got them to the Stanley Cup final. He's been here for six years. He's one of their very few uh, development success stories under Mark Bergevin and losing him sucks. Brendan Gallagher's best friend is gone. Um, but from a purely business standpoint, uh, today was could is probably about as good as it could have gone for uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. I'm really happy. And the AHL trade deadline is not far off. So anyone on AHL contracts can still be traded in the coming days to be eligible I don't know if the Rocket are going to make a ton of moves in there or not. You never know. It could be future considerations in cash or whatnot. But uh, I think Ken Hughes will keep an eye on that. And then undrafted free agencies and CHL signings, everything. There's going to be a lot of guys and a lot of bodies flying around here very soon. And Canadians have, you know, some contract space. Going to be a lot of PTOs and stuff at the end of this season. Um I, I can't really, I, I find it hard to try and be negative about how today went uh, from a purely hockey business standpoint. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm really happy with how it's gone. And that's the thing is that true rebuilds are quite uncomfortable. That's the thing that you kind of forget. You can do a retool, you can do, you know, you can do tweaking, you can do things like that. But if you want to do an actual full on rebuild, 
there's going to be discomfort. You are going to upset some fans. Like, I mean, I'm so sorry. I'm sad to see Tyler Toffoli go. I love Tyler Toffoli. I like, you know, Ben Sherratt as a person I enjoyed. I wasn't super, in, you know, into his defense. But, you know, Arturi Lekinen, he's a guy that I was attached to for so many reasons. And, and you know, we're, we're always going to have Saint-Jean. Like, that's never going to change. Um, but uh, but it's just, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of have to figure out now who's going to be the Arturi Lekinen and who's going to be the Brett Kulak. Like, those guys are glue guys. And it's like, in the old days, glue guys were just were just dudes that that had, like, grittiness. These are <laughs> these are actual glue guys when you're looking at the way people play. They're just guys being dudes. Those were glue guys. They're just guys being dudes. <laughs> you know which yeah <laughs> who's gonna be the new guy being dudes maybe it'll, maybe it's you know i think joel edmondson is that guy being a dude now i think he's that guy um and yes it's <laughs> i i'm i i really can't find a fault with stuff today yeah at first for like arturi leckett it would have been great but like justin Barron fills a need in the organization they needed defensemen like they're they one need lots of defensemen yeah they have <laughs> Right now in the AHL, I think that can play. It's Xavier Ouellette. Sammy Niku is in Winnipeg because uh, his wife or girlfriend just gave birth. They do not have spare bodies right now. Getting Justin Barron gives them something. Like I said, they're playing with four potential PTOs on Wednesday. That's not That's a, a recipe. Lot. That's a lot. So I I really like this. And I like that when Kent Hughes spoke afterwards, he talked about how he talked to players and did best by them. He treated them like people not assets and some people uh people uh, jumped on me saying well you don't think Bergevin treated people like that and I'm like I never mentioned Mark Bergevin in the first place so I would I that's telling me what you think I'm saying here and also no Mark Bergevin did not just ask Alec Galchenyuk how he feels about that so uh, across the board I'm really impressed with what Ken Hughes is doing and now their next big hurdle is uh the NHL draft is coming up and I know that some of their scouting staff is gone that's their next big tester. They got a lot of uh, draft capital and they've got a lot of things to do with that. And um, they could accumulate more by trading somebody like Jeff Petrie. Yep. Because uh, once the se- their season's over, they can still trade people for picks and everything. That doesn't stop them. It, they're not going to trade him to a playoff team because he's not going to be able to play. But there's, uh, there's plenty more to come. It's a really interesting time. And Hughes and Gordon are kind of assaging some of my leftover Mark Bergevin, you know, PTSD a little bit in that I'm feeling comforted when they make a move and not going, okay, but what's the catch? What What's <laughs> about to go wrong here? What else have you done to make me second guess this? So I am, uh, I, I, I'm feeling relaxed. I know the trade deadline was a lot and a lot happened at once, but I, I, I'm in a good mood following that losses or not. So yeah, I agree. So we've got a couple of minutes. Let's talk about that game. The Boston Bruins are annoyingly a good team, which I hate. It absolutely drives me crazy how they have just been consistently a threat year after year after year. But I have to say the Canadians held their own against the the Bruins. And Jake Allen was a huge part of that. Like, I really, really want to talk about how well Jake Allen played. And I really, really want to talk about how Toronto could have called and tried to get Jake Allen. Doesn't look like they did. Instead, they went elsewhere with their goaltending. And uh, like, honestly, like, it's just the we're lucky that the Canadians didn't do that, didn't trade him away and did not trade him to a team that like really could use him. 
I just, I was so impressed with him tonight. You know, it's been a few games since he's been back. He's been getting more and more confident, more and more agile in in, in net. And, you know, I do want to praise Cole Caulfield. Obviously, I do want to talk a little bit about the team as a whole. Like, I think, I think Savard's return to the lineup was better than people were saying, personally, from what I could tell. He was getting his legs back for sure. But, um, you know, they were in over their heads. They are a depleted lineup at this point, and they were up against a really good team that's just adding pieces left and right. You can't forget about um, uh, Brett. Hi, hi, Dennis. <laughs> you can't forget about Brad Marchand and how smelly he is. Uh, thanks, Brendan. Uh, but you definitely, I think, the the Habs, they showed that they weren't going to sit back, even though they were woefully outmatched. And I think Jake Allen did such a fantastic job holding his own against them or keeping the Canadians in the game against them. Sorry, not holding his own, keeping the Canadians in the game. I have a few thoughts to pair off of that. One, Jake Allen was incredible tonight. Like the only reason that game gets to overtime is because of Jake Allen. Uh, my first thought is uh, at no point in time, should there be games on trade deadline day at this point? And uh, Martin St. Louis said that Alan Walsh has said that. And I used to really not care because I just liked enjoyed watching it. But now I look at this and I go, there's a lot happening here that I really do think there shouldn't be games on deadline day, like either the deadline and just because you've got players moving, it's a lot for a lot of teams. And then you got to go out there and play a game. And I just don't think that's the case. And the Bruins tonight had to come in and they played a team that lost a, their top defensive winger, without a regular starting goalie who lost two top four defensemen in the last week, lost a top six scoring forward and just had a guy coming back off of IR for the first time in weeks after skating in a no contact Jersey for most of the last week and needed overtime to do that. Uh, the Canadians are going to be a pain in the ass going forward. I think they're not an easy out. They're going to, they're going to lose games. They're just going to like Rem Pitlick is not a two C as much as people might want to argue otherwise, but the team has some moxie and some fight to it. And I think that's something that lacked under Dominique Ducharme. So it's, I, I want to be mad because I thought Jake Allen deserved better tonight, but at the same time, you can't give up 45 plus shots and expect to win a game. I, I'm true. not, I'm not going to worry about it too much. Cause actually what their next game I think is, uh, it's on Thursday. And I think it's against the Panthers if I'm not mistaken. And, it is. Got... and then they play the Leafs on Saturday. So their schedule Saturday. doesn't get any easier. But, um, <laughs> I think there's three more Panthers games, if I'm not mistaken, coming up. Uh, three more Leafs yeah. There's one on the, there's one on the 29th and then there is another one. I think they end the it's season. It's the last game of the season. Is it also against the Panthers? So there's three of yes. those. And I believe there are three Leafs games left. If I'm not mistaken, at least two. Um, and, uh, while you're looking that up, I just want to say hi to everybody in the chat and, and thank them for joining us. Randy Hansen. Yes. Scott's hat is awesome. I love it. Uh, rock smasha. I'm really intrigued because you said that Savard was analytically good in Columbus and you kind of think he was another victim of Dominique Ducharme's coaching. So I'm interested to see what happens. You know, you've got about, uh, you've got 19 games left against, uh, with, uh, Martin St. Louis. So if he stays healthy and he stays in the lineup, we'll see uh, how that goes. And if he gets better. Uh, and uh, I want to say hi to everybody else who joined. Brendan, thank you as always. Our friends at Locked On Sharks. Kyle, you're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And am I missing anybody? We already acknowledged, Elizabeth, uh, that uh, Lekkanen got traded on your birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. I didn't even say that. I was like, oh, <laughs> that sucked. They traded him on your birthday. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Scott, what does it look like? How many Leafs games do we have left? 
two Leafs games left. And I can't wait to see what goalie they uh, trot out here after Kyle Dubas threw a giant hissy fit to the media. We will talk about that on another episode, and I'm sure it'll come up in the mailbag because it's embarrassing and hilarious, and it's going to ascend my crap posting to another <laughs> level. That now, instead of adding him every time Ben Chirot does something, I'm going to at him every time Jake Allen does something cool because you could have traded for a goalie. Instead, you brought a guy over from Finland, stuck him on waivers, and had him claimed by the Coyotes, and then complained that another team used waivers for their intended purpose. I Okay, so here's what we're going to do. What we had decided to do initially was we were going to talk about the Habs today, and then everybody else in the NHL and their trade deadline tomorrow, plus any other Habs tidbits that come up. So please tune into tomorrow's episode. And on Thursday, we are going to have Russ Cohen of Locked on Flyers, also Sportsology. We're going to ask him lots of questions about all of the Canadians in the NCAA, their prospects in the NCAA, and any undrafted free agents the Canadians should look at. That's all coming up later this week. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Canadians wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. This was our first live episode. Sorry, I was very nervous. I messed up a whole bunch of stuff, but I promise next time we will be better. We'll be more seasoned at this. Um, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can ask us questions via email at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You'll find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. You'll find my co-host on Twitter at Scott Metla. And don't forget to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey because they had a massive trade deadline recap show. That's amazing. So go check them out. Thank you so much, everybody. And we'll see you next time.